Hey guys, welcome to episode 31 of the Grad Life podcast. Um, before we begin, just want to do the advertising properly this time. If anyone needs help with uh, career guidance, whether they're students or uh, grads or young adults looking to figure out what the next move is going to be or how to have a more fulfilling career, please do reach out. Um, I'm on mark at markmaxwell.ie. So for episode 31, we're very lucky we got Stephen Keenan in, who is a journeyed man who's done a few different things, is doing uh, a couple of interesting projects out in Africa. He has a computer science degree from UCD. He's worked for Deliveroo. He's at his own startup. Um, he's very interested in space and energy, which he's going to chat to us about as well. Um, and he's currently doing a master's in... Computer science. Computer science again. No, undergrad in business and law. Oh, yeah, undergrad was being yeah, yeah. Okay, now it makes sense. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> um, why computer science after the business degree or after the business experience? I think like for... I definitely, this comes back to when I was really young, like young as in 12 13 love computers played around with them and um, then rugby sports got take took, took up most of my time and then i was the leaving cert which is just the killer of everything other yeah. than just the leaving cert um and then yeah i just i found myself in you know taught business law it's a good sort of dual thing to do did that um but really through the whole the whole way through that i was always just fascinated with technology i'm like very bullish on technology i think for the most part it can solve a lot of our issues that you know us as a species, as you know, yeah. nothing too high level can can sort out. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was a, I thought it was a really good call. So it was more because I know a couple of other guys who did pure kind of business or B and L or whatever it might have been, and then said, "Oh God, tech is really uh, caught up." And I came into this with a traditional mindset, and that's mm. not going to carry me through. Mm. I need to balance out my tech knowledge. So they did a degree in computer science or yeah. in, in whatever else to do with technology. Yeah, is that a is that is that a strategy that you would recommend? I think definitely. I think, yeah, because uh, my, my girlfriend's um, brother's actually in 60 now and he's sort of toying with, he wants the business side, but he also wants a sort of technical aspect and he's still around with engineering. And I said, to be honest, get a skill in college. Um, but if you're going to do something like engineering, computer science, even science itself, commit to like doing something, I can only speak from UCD, but like mm. the INE Society, um, that's investors and entrepreneurs yeah, yeah yeah any of the business related societies just get involved um, it's more so about meeting people who are like that mindset and understand like how a business operates how the economy operates um, and then as well just, just get it even if you're in a technical degree like do a business internship even if it's like four weeks to understand um, like the other aspect of what you're studying if you get me and how it applies mm. how you sell it because I know like from my computer science there's there's um I know one one guy specifically, you won't mind me calling him out, Stephen. Uh like he, he's like, Oh no, I, I don't know anything about the business stuff. And to me it's like like it's it's not that hard, but it's yeah. it's merely that facade that's created around, you know, oh it's businessy. Like like if I went into he he came from physiotherapy, I wouldn't know a thing about physiotherapy. Yeah. So it's as long as you just get in there, um, you know, as I said, like do an internship or just get into business and understand like how it all operates. Mm. I think if you if you can marry the two of those, a technical side and a business side, you're in a super strong place. You're kind of, uh, I don't think it's dangerous to go in without a technical side, or at least I hope it's not because I have done that, gone into business without the technical knowledge. But I think it's dangerous to go in with the technical knowledge and not the business because you can get mm. used very easily. Mm. And if you look at that, uh, that Steve Jobs film, the most recent and most accurate one with Michael Fassbender, it kind of tells a story that maybe that happened to Wozniak a bit where he didn't really yeah, have the, definitely. he didn't know the context in which he was operating. He just knew his, his own individual tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and that cost him like hugely yeah. In, yeah. In, in a lot of different ways. 
So yeah, that's cool. How long is the... Definitely wouldn't be... Oh, sorry, did I say dangerous? Did I going in? No. Oh, I thought you said... I thought no, you were quoting me there. No, no, no. I raise the stakes. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, as I say, there's an, it's an option there. I think if you're going into a technical degree and you want to go into something business related, just like have that in the back of your mind too. If I, if I graduated with a degree in commerce yeah. uh, and I wanted to go and do, uh, get a bit more techie, yeah. I would be scared of the, the name computer science masters. Yeah. Should okay. I be? No. 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 What sort of stuff are you doing? Uh, so the one I'm doing is for people who haven't come from uh, CS undergrad, okay. so computer science undergrad, but a lot of them will be like engineers. And it's even, it's funny, like when you talk to them, like I came from like business and law and, and for the most part, like I could say we're all quite similar people, personalities. And, but then like I switch to this and I can say a lot of them are quite similar. Like they're very logical and um, really think things through. Um, but don't let that like scare you. Like initially I remember I went in and I was like, wow, this is, this is a whole different ball game. Yeah. I've done a bit of programming before, but like not to the level where you're just pumped trying to learn this language, learn this language, learn this language. Um, but I mean, like you get through it. Uh, so 100%. what languages are you doing then? Uh, like the, the first semester was interesting. Like we did, um, one of the modules was like web development, web app development. Right. So uh, within the 12 weeks we'd gone through, um, like a HTML, CSS, like the structure stuff, your JavaScript is all like the functioning of the website. Then we went down the back end stuff, like PHP, like working with like different data, data structures. So like Jason pulling that in, like, um, manipulating that. So, and then at the same time you were learning Python as well. So I think at the end, a scripting language bash or yeah, it's like a lower level. Yeah. So the scripting, it doesn't, yeah. Scripting language, I'll leave it at that. But I mean, at the end of that semester, you would, you know, all be a five, six languages learned. And then this semester is another two. Right, and then okay. even even within that, like you could go off and learn more if you wanted to. So could you come out of that masters with uh, and apply for back end engineer jobs? Oh, back, really? Yeah, anything you want. And it's anything a two year masters. Uh, sixteen months. Eight. It's it's four okay. semesters, so it's well, September okay, yeah, to yeah. the following Christmas. Nice. That's yeah. very, that, that would be a very good option for people. So you what you did is you graduated uh, undergrad, yeah. and then you took three or four years, probably four years. How many years? Did so you, you've done a lot. You've been to Africa a few times. You've done the Delve app. You've done that was all during college. Most of it, yeah. Was it? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what's the timeline then? Um, timeline: first year, not nothing really. Second year, uh, at the end of second year, I went and did an internship uh, in IBI Corporate right, Finance. Yeah. At the time, they were part of Bank France subsidiary, yeah. but they um, MBO there two years ago. Whatever. Um, that was for the whole summer. My end of my second year. Then third year. Started Delve during the, that summer in IBI. Um, then you came right round, worked on that all the way through the year, and then did an internship in ANL Good Body the following summer in the when June. You were still thinking about being a lawyer, maybe? I just wanted to see it. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. It was more of a, more of a experiment, I suppose. Right. Anything else. Like I knew going into BNL, like the law route was the least likely route that I would take. I yeah. knew that because I knew my personality didn't suit it either. Um, but I was still interested to see how it all worked. Um, so did a month there. And then that summer as well, I went into Deliveroo because I was actually meant to go away for the summer after that, but that fell through. Uh, and then uh, the Deliveroo thing, yeah, reach out to Deliveroo. And then I was there for, did like six or seven weeks in the office and then continued working up to Christmas then. Right. Um, remotely, like during college or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then Delve, we, we sort of, so then the Delve thing was running that whole time, but we um, packed it in around October of that year, November. Okay. Yeah, so in my 14, yeah, four, fourth year of October, four, yeah. 
October my fourth year, we sort of called it quits. That's October 17. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> I think there. God, yeah, you've yeah. done a ridiculous amount for, for that age or for that time span. Mm. And the key there is doing <clears throat> stuff in college, which I never did. Mm. Um, yeah. So you like, kind of started getting active with Dell in third year college then? Yeah, in the second year, start third year. And it was yeah. a fitness and mindfulness app. Yeah, it was, it was, there was no physical fitness. It was, it was mostly just mind. So it was all about essentially emotional well-being was how we were marketing it as. Right. Um, it wasn't in any way. In, it, I suppose what we what we'd sort of classified in, in the company terms was like the worried well. Like you weren't necessarily, and I mean that in the, in the, in the best case, it's, it's, it wasn't someone who was clinically ill or any of that, any right. like to that magnitude. It was just someone who wanted to be more, I suppose a lot, the word that comes to mind now in the last like two months is like learn empathy. Mm. Um, and that's sort of a big buzzword, I suppose, in the business community is like empathetic rather than sympathetic. Um, just learning empathy, learning how to like maintain yourself emotionally as well. Um, you know, don't go up in these big highs or lows or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, we, we built like a sort of structure around how we thought that would work. And yeah. Did it cost money to do? Uh, no, we actually, we had an engineer come on board. So again, the timeline, we started it, I suppose, in the, the college terms, whatever, in your, in your, in your uh, innovation class, you learn oh, yeah, it's yeah. like that ideation. And I, yeah. oh my God, I will slate any uh, innovation module that you can come up with. I will take it to town because I think they're such a waste of time. Um, but yeah, so that ideation, let's call it, was in around July of 2016. And then we got a developer in the Christmas time. Right. That's Worked incredible that you got a developer for free on the team. Yeah, I was actually working in part-time in um, doing deliveries food deliveries right. and I got quite co-friendly with a few guys in there and they were working at computer science and I just said listen guys how would you like a side project they weren't working on anything but they wanted something for their portfolio yeah and I said how would you like this got them in yeah happy out so okay hang on pause this is <laughs> nuts so that this is the best thing I think a business student an entrepreneurial business student can do go and bridge the gap between the business school and the computer science school Except it wasn't my university, but yes, I completely agree. Wasn't in your university. Wasn't my university. How did you meet them? Uh, it would. It was through the job. Yeah, it was right, through the okay. job. But I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I mean, and I, I suppose now I see it from the side of um, of like the tech side, where yeah. if a business student came to me, and it's how I always how I always would look at it now is that you're asking a technical person to build something, and for the most part, I know in your mind you think it's simple but it's not. It'll take hours. It might be simple in terms of the it, the knowledge is out there, but it yeah. still takes time to develop these things. Other than, you know, your fancy words and stuff, what are you bringing to the table? Are you bringing money? Because your commitment of just sticking a few slide decks and meeting up with some people, in my eyes, isn't enough. Like, you have to bring something to the table. So I think, I know this is sort of sidetracking now from the doubt thing, but if... That, that relationship between like a business school and engineering, business engineering, computer science, or even science, like bringing them all together. And my friend sort of calls like that melting pot idea. Yes. Um, is, there's a lot of value there, but I, I certainly don't think it's not happening in universities in Ireland. So, oh, it's definitely not. And no. I really wish it was. I certainly wish it was when I was there. What uh, can a business student show up to these guys with? Because it's kind of it. And now when you're answering this, bear in mind that you're a business-minded computer person. For sure, yeah. yeah. And so, so not all computer at, people so are... So you want me to come from the business side? There was the angle. 
No, no, oh, no, the Wozniak. No. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Wozniak. Yeah. Okay, okay, the Wozniak angle. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, that—that's all they have to do. It's your job to build the product, and it's my job to sell it and turn it into money and manage the scaling of the operation of turning it into money. I think, you know, I think, uh, yeah, actually, if if someone came to me tomorrow with an idea, now, first of all, you also have to find someone bear this in mind that out of a hundred students in computer science, ninety percent of them, especially in Ireland, probably, that's a bit of a guesstimation, mm. but ninety percent of them are probably just happy to you know, become a software engineer in one of the big firms or anywhere. Why wouldn't they, it be? 100 yeah, odd a year. Uh, 100, exactly, 100 yeah. K, yeah, how are you? Uh, but, so you have to find those, probably only two or three guys. So now you're immediately at disadvantage because there's probably 50 of you trying to find these three guys. Yeah. And these three guys are probably, excuse my friend, shit hot. Right. So, you know, the, the tables are looking bad. So if I was, if I was a computer science person, uh, the Steve Wozniak side, I would say, show me how this is going to work. Like, have you done your research? I don't want your thoughts. I want you to have talked to, like, you have a customer in mind, albeit we all know, like, iteration, mm. product market fit, it might not work, but show us where there's something backing your idea. Yeah, sure, okay. Not just... Yeah, I'll uh, be the personality. This idea, yeah, yeah. you know, look at, my, look at my slideshow, the colors look great, really put a lot of work, design Write work, you know, my plan. friend did that. Have a business plan at least. I wouldn't even say, again, like, I'd probably say the business plan as well. I mean, just just have some research done. I mean, yeah. go out and talk to who, like, why do you, first, why do you think this mar- this product is needed? Who do you think it's for? And show me who show me some research from who you think it should be targeted at, that they want this. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want second, I want, like, you've interviewed 50, 60 people, whatever. Like something concrete. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're going to put in a couple hundred hours into this product mm. before it's in any way ready, unless you use a template, depending on what the product is, obviously. But Yeah. And yeah, because as you say, the development of these things, the idea might be simple, the development might be simple, but it wouldn't be easy. Yeah. Simple, but not easy is probably, because yeah. it, it's just a lot of leg, leg power that goes into that. Like. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. So and, yeah, you, yeah, go on. You, no, you guys had that in, in Delve then. You had a good melting pot thing going on there. I think so. I mean, yeah. So the the, the, um, the team before the developer was myself, um, a guy called Andrew Day and Alex Service. So Alex was like the design. He did product design and DIT was doing it at the time. Um, I have to say, like, he was like the design he had like nailed down. It looked, it looked great. And right. then me and Andrew were like, I suppose, the business heads, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing for your teams, like keep them lean, keep them as lean as possible. Yeah. Ideally, it's a business and an engineer. Like That's what I thought. The, yeah, desi- the designer yeah. there was like, obviously you did a great job, but yeah. that wouldn't be part of your traditional lean team. No, not at all. No. Mm. But that being said, yeah, you probably wouldn't have got the design we, we had. Yeah, him. sure. Um, and he brought, sorry, he, he like, he probably listened to it. Well, I mean, he might listen to this, but uh, yeah. Alex definitely he's got a business head in him as well, which is great. And that's another thing. Look for a developer. <laughs> and this is this is the the scales are even getting the, the distance between the 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 business person and the right developer is probably even increasing even more now. You don't want someone who's just going to chug away a code. You want someone who understands like the business aspect to it yeah, as well. Why they're doing it. Yeah. And why yeah. certain features matter, etc. Exactly. Yeah. And like how how are you going to monetize it, etc. Mm. etc. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm noticing in the in the tech company I'm in now, we have the sales and kind of business team, and then you have the engineering team over here. Mm-hmm. But then in the middle, you have the product team, mm-hmm. the people who speak both languages, and say to the engineers, "You need to do this for this reason." And they say, "Oh, right." 
and then say to the sales team, they can't do this, they can't build that in for this reason. And we say, mm-hmm. oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it is literally a translator between yeah. them and they really help guide the ship that way. Yeah, personalities and everything. And a yeah. lot of them, I think a lot, a lot of product managers would have um, engineering backgrounds. Like a lot of them would have yeah, coded. Yeah, for sure, yeah, mo- yeah, like, yeah. I think most good ones probably would have coded. Yeah, so they're probably <laughs> a stuff. computer science background where yeah, they can just probably. understand it at yeah. least, you know? Yeah, Um So what was that experience like? It lasted a bit over a year, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh, I was great. Like hindsight, I mean, at the time, you're sort of like with, with the lads, like a bit yeah, of crack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is an aspect of that, um, but like retrospectively looking at it, yeah, it was like we were. I was only talking about this. Uh, Andrew at the moment's actually out in the Philippines, and he he came home. He's come home a few times since around Christmas time, but I think two times about this time last year, maybe he was home. And we were just sitting. I think we had a few points, just chatting, and uh, he said. You know, like retrospectively, like that was probably the best thing we did, and I was like, "Yeah, probably was." Really? Yeah. yeah Why? Yeah. Well, was, like, I'm probably a bit cynical as well towards college. It's like you're always going to learn more in industry. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, exams are great, but you know, thinking you have something and then bringing it to someone who you think will buy it, and they're like, "Why would I buy that?" And you're like, mm. "Oh." Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I actually kind of ramble about this a lot on most episodes of the podcast. <laughs> the the most important thing coming out of college is to make yourself an independent thinker, and doing a business force or at least, at least an idea or even actually engaging with a project, which most people in business schools anyway don't really do. If you engage with it, you do force yourself to think independently and mm. really just think on layers beyond those in which you normally think, and that's where the education is. Yeah, rather than learning verbs or whatever, for sure the 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 exams are going to ask you to do. Yeah, and I think a big thing, and it's it's only something that's. Um, I remember I didn't want to mention it because you and Mary Kate Saturday on the podcast yeah. last, yeah, and I listened to that, and um, it was you, you had a little light bulb moment in it where she was sort of describing um, the the difference between doing something uh, and not caring and doing something and if it fails forgetting about it yeah, yeah, and like people can and I think that that feeds into maybe not doing something on your own or not like in our cases it was Delve whatever just commit to it because I'm saying this quite badly I'm trying to think yeah I mean she, sorry her angle was basically yeah was that put your heart and soul on it but if it doesn't work detach yeah and I think that detach that she was talking about is how Irish people or that inability to detach, rather, is how Irish people view failure for things. Right. Because they can't detach. Sure. Because if they don't detach, then if they feel like this is all in the hypothetical, it's like, yeah. oh, well, if it fails, it's going to carry you. You know, people are like, oh, you put, look at that chap, put like yeah. a year, two years into it, didn't work, yada, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is, if you can detach, absolutely no one else cares. Yeah. Like, that's the fact of the matter. Like, I, <laughs> no, so one, no one actually cared yeah. that Delft didn't work. Oh, other it's than so right. Us. Man, I didn't even think about it from this angle. Was it a fear of yours that it would be humiliating if it didn't work? Yeah. Right. No, sorry, it, it wasn't mine. But um, what I'm trying to say is that from the educational standpoint is that if you can come out of college with, because as well, like, I think people, I can only say from like the individuals who I went to college with, they all did quite well on the Leaving Cert. So I actually repeated the Leaving Cert because I didn't do well the first time around. Mm. So I suppose you could, I categorize that as my first failure in right. my life. Um, and I remember I was absolutely like shattered with it. I was devastated. Um, but I think for the most part, a lot of people haven't 
put themselves in the position to fail. Like actively said, you know, I'm going to do this because, and I don't care what the outcome is. Obviously I want to succeed, but if I fail, I fail. Yeah. And I think that is like, do that in college. Cause like ultimately you're not going to be doing it, uh, in a scenario where you have a mortgage, uh, you have a family, um, or you're halfway across the world. Yeah. You're most likely probably being supported or you might've taken a loan out or whatever. You're going to be living at home or living, whatever. But like, just do them now. Like, yeah. And that, 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 sorry, that was just a point that you, it's, it, um, drawn back from the last one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the, 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 the whole failure thing is relative. And in the context of college. Yeah. So when I realized that Dell was a college project and it lasted for, I think, a year and two months or whatever it was, relatively, that's a success because most of these college things just flake away after a couple of months. So in the context of college, a year and two months is actually definitely towards the, the, the higher end of the scale for mm. how long these things last. Mm. So sure, in business, broader business context, yeah, it's a yeah, failure because yeah, it's still yeah, not going. Yeah. But in the college of context, pro, or context of college projects, yeah. it lasted a lot longer than most. Yeah. Um, and that is the context in which it's being viewed now. So when you go around talking about it, say, so yeah, for a whole year and a bit in college, I was doing this thing. And yeah. that's pretty cool. And again, it's all a building block. I mean, I was yeah. only talking. I was only talking to my friend there. Um, like, we'll come on to some of the other stuff. But I was talking about talking to him about it. Um, and you know, that sort of term. Like he not explicitly said it, but it was implied the, the overnight success sort of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, this seems to be working. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but I can show you a folder that I have on my computer labeled projects, which I drag every single project that I. Uh, uh, stopped working on so I might work on something for a couple of weeks depending on how, where I see it going and I'll drag it in and I'll just leave it there and I think it's a list of something 18, 19 projects since, since I was in first year of college now that can be anything I quantify anything that I spent more than I think it was like two months on whether yeah. that was like and I remember the first thing <laughs> I think it was in I, I, uh, I took a year out from rugby in first year college and, uh, and another thing um, I think it was Mary Kay touched on was the getting into a course that suits your at your culture, your um, yeah, it was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you. Sorry, yeah. yeah, it was doing that. Yeah, and I sort of went into college like I don't want the whole drinking thing. Right. Stop rugby, and I did uh, for for all my shames a uh, um, uh, like a physique, a bodybuilding competition. Right, right, and um, obviously I was just meal prepping every single week yeah. for like four hours on a Sunday. And the tubware thing was annoying me. And I remember I spent about a couple of months trying to see, could I engineer uh, a better version of what was on there in, in the market for tubware? Like what, what, what's wrong uh, with tubware? It just carries food. I'm uh, too simple for this stuff. Yeah, you're like, um, so have you ever used like glass tubware? Like glass for, most most people use it for freezing stuff. They can right. put in glass. Oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Trying, yeah. I was trying to see, could you create a plastic that had that sort of element of... Um, Washability, is that even a word? I don't know. We'll it just, yeah, roll yeah, with the washability. Um, this is just sticking under the top and it's washed out. But obviously with the tub where if you've any greases or anything like that, it's not too uh, pain. Yeah, you can yeah, be in yeah, there, yeah, you have yeah, to get yeah. a yeah. Brillo okay, in or whatever. Fair enough, that actually makes sense. Yeah, well, that was just one thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not some market, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, but so always thinking about these things. Uh, yeah. Always, yeah, always, always. I yeah. don't know what the example was I came across recently. It's something I use, which isn't many things. I don't know what it was, but the, anyway, I thought the business was a three-year-old business, it's a 14-year-old business. Um, and I was like, holy crap, 
like overnight successes really don't exist. Like they really, really don't. One hit wonder, like yeah, yeah it's Zuckerberg. really amazing. And they just this. I, what I'd love to know what it was. Even another example hit me today. There's a book I'm. Uh, I've just actually. It's just arrived from Amazon. I need to read it. Mm-hmm. It's called Never Split the Difference by a guy called Chris Voss, and he's all hot right now on YouTube and on all the mm-hmm. platforms about negotiating skills, and like he is. He's the it thing in say sales coaching or in business coaching right now. And that book, I realized, is three years old. And it's the it book right now. Uh, okay. And it's been lingering around yeah. gathering dust for three years. Yeah. And for some reason, the right person picked it up, talked about it. And now it's the shit. And I just found it amazing that uh, that happens, that you have these things linger for ages. Mm-hmm. And then, and you think they're new, but they're not. Yeah. They're not at all. Yeah. Uh, I'd say he was they, they rarely are. <laughs> I'd say he was delighted. Yeah, I know. Like, he, he was probably like, ah, oh, shit, the book project yeah, didn't work. Yeah, and now yeah. he's all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. Um, so where did the interest in Africa come then? Yeah. Um, so this was, I was going to move to Hong Kong after... Um, the idea, I suppose, got into my head for the summer because I knew I was doing the master's in computer science, so I was going to move and work for the summer of um, last summer. Sorry, summer end of my end of my undergrad before my master's, and um, I won't bore you with the details. Client story short, it fell through. There was a lot of toing and froing between the company. Um, the company put up. It was a very very good um, like shit like shit hot startup at the mm. time, and they still are. Um, but their round, I think, sort of fell through. Um, it, they did subsequently get the get the funding in the end, but they had a hiring freeze because they were hiring like mad. They're hiring right. like 50, 60, 70 people a, a week, a month, sorry. Right. Insane, insane. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. insane. And um, it was a product manager internship over there. And I was, anyway, had my visa, what, yada, yada. Chewing and frowning, I sort of got a bit apprehensive, sort of, she was a bit apprehensive, the person I was dealing with. And I was like, is this really happening? And I said, I picked a date and I said, if it doesn't happen with then, um, I'm not going. I don't care. And you day, said that to them, not, not just to, to yourself. Not just to yourself. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, to myself, yeah. And the day came and I said, straight away I emailed her, being like, nah. And then um, I think within three hours I had booked um, going down to Africa. Within three hours of, so it was a Friday and I said, if she hadn't got back to me by 11am on Friday. I remember, I actually was only here. Uh, I... She didn't get back to me, sent the email, came in here, met my uncle for, and my mum and my, um, my auntie for a coffee up the road. Right. Uh, I, I was actually just with them there. And I said to them, I'm going to Africa. And I came home, I booked it. No, no ties to Africa? Nope. What, why? No, so yeah, um, the, the, I went down there for, I always wanted to do charity work, right? right. I always, I always wanted to, yeah, I did always want to do charity work, but I always, my hypothesis in the whole thing or my thought process in the whole thing was I want to go down there with an actual skill. I don't want to just go down there and be more of a hindrance than anything else. Mm. Uh, like spending half my time learning about how to do the job I'm down there to do. Yeah. So um, with that, I looked for something finance related, um, legal stuff as well. Um, and I sort of narrowed it down to working on human rights cases in Senegal maybe or microfinancing in Senegal or Ghana. And this is with an organization. Right. Yeah. Um, and I decided on the microfinancing. Um, yeah. Right. And yeah, that all happened within like four hours. So that's nuts. So you yeah. applied for this microfinancing thing, you booked the flight. Yeah. Let's just pretend that's a Friday. I think yeah. it was a Friday. Yeah, what, was was, Friday. Uh, what was the day you were on the flight then? It's four weeks later. 
Four weeks later. Yeah, so okay. I, email, I emailed your man, this sort of guy, and I was like, can I do this in four weeks' time? And he goes, yeah. And I go, grand. Booked. I booked. Mad. Yeah. In Senegal. First trip no, Senegal. Ghana. Ghana. Ghana was first trip. So, yeah, I mean, the... Yeah. Sorry, come on. Yeah, no, it, was, no, it was Ghana. You go no, on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, like... It was funny, because when I was trying to push... The, and I was only talking to my dad about this the other day in relation to something else. Um, when I was trying to push the Hong Kong thing, I knew deep down that if that didn't fall through, a better thing would happen. It was really weird. Um, I don't know what would have come of Hong Kong. Yeah. I can't say that, obviously. Um, but I don't think the opportunities in which I have now um, and the experience that I had in Ghana and uh, would be any way the same as, as what I experienced, mm. what I would have experienced in Hong Kong. I um, have my personal opinion. total faith in that. Yeah. And there's a little kind of, uh, I think I might've even said it to Mary Kate is that I have this kind of analogy that people generally are setting sail and they pick a shore that they want to sail to. Mm. And sooner or later, particularly in your twenties, the wind is going to blow you off that yeah. course. And some people spend all their energy fighting the wind, trying to say, no, I want to go over there at all costs. And if they had only just let the wind take them and trust the wind that they're going to be taken to a place mm -hmm. that's more suited to them, mm -hmm. they'd be in a much better place than they got there and they'd be full of energy for it rather than having used all their emotion and mental on, mm -hmm. on trying to fight that, that, that wind. Yeah. And so that's the problem. This clearly happened with you and you were able, you were cool with it. You just yeah. went with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think it's a big problem writing goals at our age. Oh like yeah. A year or even a year in advance. It's just madness because you've no idea will happen in three months yeah. at our age maybe when you're older and that's not me being ageist or whatever yeah yeah it's the truth like if you are so fixated on your goals you're gonna let other opportunities go yeah so yeah sure have micro things that you work every couple months three months whatever but um yeah so you what age were you then you're probably 22 going down no, to ghana no 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 it's 20 i just turned 24 you did you, you just turned twenty four, yeah, and you were finished college, yeah. So people would have been onto you like, okay, where's the job? Where's the money going to come from, etc. And you're on a plane down to Ghana. Well, yeah, I mean, I sort of committed to the the masters at that stage, right? But, okay. I mean, obviously, there's always the aspect of you're twenty four years old and uh, you're still not. <laughs> yeah, <money. laughs> was that a pressure at the time? Um, no, it wasn't put on me in terms of my parents or anything. Like that. Did you no, feel no, at no. all like it's screw up? No. No, okay. but I mean, but I've always had, I've always had the attitude where like, I, I don't care what my peers are doing. Yes, I'll have days where I'm like, oh God, maybe I should have done that. And, mm. um, but for the most part, like, I'm very sure of what I'm doing is, uh, is right for me. Like, yeah, and right. I don't, I mean, that's sound like sappy or anything, but like, I know I'm very confident that, um, I'd rather invest what I'm doing now than just sort of go in, you know, worry about money. I'll worry about money when I have to. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, like it's. Yeah, fair. Not an issue. So I think we we met and jailed over the the microfinance thing. Can you yeah. explain that to the yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a um, cool, cool thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll continue on the the, the Ghana. So yeah. yeah, I went down. This would have been. I think it was actually the 20th of July or something like that. Last summer, went down um, four weeks. I, I for most part. So I actually had raised six and a half thousand in those four weeks. I think it was right. Um. Some covering the costs, um, and then I brought money down to uh, 
sort of replenish uh, subsidize or increase the size of the fund that was already down there. How'd you raise it? Just going around to people asking. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I actually, I definitely, my dad's part of this. Uh, yeah. Friends, family, whatever. Yeah. My dad's part of this thing. It's called a BNI. Have you ever heard of it? No. So they're, it's run globally, but they're running chapters. So there could be, um, a Dublin chapter. Yeah, a, a Dublin chapter. So there could be right. you know, multiple. And he was only at another one there on Wednesday morning. And they're always in the morning at 7 a.m. in the morning. His is on a Friday morning. And um, I got in. Another idea I had actually in school was to sell the, you know, bike covers for your seats. Yeah. Uh, was to sell, um, trying to get on to JC Deco to set, to set up a dispenser at Dublin bike sa- stations right. to dispense bicycle seats, covers. Subsequently, I think it's very funny, like four or five weeks later. No, sorry. Six months later, there's a, there's a bike company in Dublin. They went around and they just fleeced everyone with these seats. And I was like, ah, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, yeah, the I've, been, the money. I've been to there that then before. And I went back this time. I said, listen, my, my pitch to them was, you know, you guys, they meet up every morning, every Friday morning to um, promote each other's businesses, try to f- generate leads for each other. Yeah. Um, and I said, you're in a really... Um, privilege I suppose scenario where you can do this and you can help each other um, and that sort of business ethos where you're the, the, the smaller companies the SMEs you know of Ireland the ones that keep Ireland ticking um, doesn't exist down there mm. and, and I, I just was frank with them I was like listen I'm going down would you like to support would you like yeah. to fund it like, and I got quite a sizable donation from nice. them accumulatively from all of them but um yeah, just thought I'd give them a shout out because they were yeah, very generous. Sure. Um, nice. So anyway, got down there and um, stayed with was with like a, a host family. He was he was, he actually had a quite colourful his family a colourful past. His dad was his dad owned the largest soft drinks company in Africa before Coke came in, and quite literally overnight the company went bust when Coke oh my moved into Africa. He managed to sell out a bit, so he had a bit of cash. Yeah, they have yeah. Um, still not like mad comfortable if you get yeah. me, but which shows you like, um, God, it's also kind of, that's almost like a commercial horror story as well. A local yeah. African company getting wiped out by cold. And I mean, literally overnight. Yeah. Like, right. Overnight. Um, but anyway, so stayed with him and yeah. So I suppose like the day to day, the day to day task was, um, Monday to Thursday. So Monday was, so we don't, we had, sorry. Yeah. So overall we sort of had three objectives. This was with the organization at the time. So I was, went in, it was finding communities, um, that had small businesses. Um, we'd sort of go into them, approach them. We'd find like the chief cause he's operating on like a chief basis. There'd be one person representing like a large community and you chat to them, say what we're doing. And they'd either tell you to get lost or, yeah, that sounds cool. And the objective was to then get anyone who's interested in the town into a meeting and say, this is what we're doing. Um, we uh, lend out um, mi- microfinance that's in the name, like small amounts of money for 0% interest um, with a repayment between six to nine months. Um, yeah. And do you use, I know, so I've read a great book on it, The Banker to the Poor yeah. by Grameen Bank. Yeah, yeah Grameen. He yeah. doesn't use contracts because he finds that people are more... Uh, more determined to pay back based on their word than based on a legal contract. Yeah. So he doesn't use contracts. Did yeah. you guys use contracts? They, yeah. They, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, we did. Um, so yeah, and, and then spraying on from that. So say you go into a community of 100, 50 show up. Um, what we do is we sort of pick out 10 companies maybe 
10 small businesses uh, and then provide them with education first. We sit them down for six, eight weeks, or maybe every fortnight and go through like basic things because it's, thing, it's definitely aspects that in Ireland, it's just like most people actually have. I know I was talking about the tech person not having like business acumen or whatever, yeah. but you know to separate your business from your personal yeah, finances. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like that just doesn't exist. Right. Like that education at that level. Yeah. So unfortunately, like the kids, most kids in, uh, where I was and from, for the most part in most developed African countries are in school until they're 16 or whatever. Right. Now. But their parents weren't, so they wouldn't have understood any of this. So anyway, we educate them and then eventually lend them, lend them money. But um, I wasn't happy with the organization from a couple of, about a couple of weeks in. Um, with so, so, the organization so, you were working for? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I did the sort of calculations and it was like, a money racket would be maybe a bit of a stretch, but not far off is how I would call it. And they're a big company. And uh, if you want to see who they are, you can go onto my LinkedIn. I won't call them out now, right. but you can go onto my LinkedIn and see who they are because I have them down as in under volunteering. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anyone to go with them. Um, personally. How can you be a money racket when your gig is given so money? So they're... No, because they did health, they did nursing, uh, education, okay. yada, 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 everything. And it was their... Their business model was getting rich Western kids down into African countries at a price that... Uh, at a margin that they could so make I, I a think I've ordered off. this book online it's called Lords of Poverty I don't, I don't know if you actually told me about it once it's about this exactly companies and individuals who have become fabulously rich from running charities or working in charities and basically ripping off either well it would be it would be donors and rich people from the western world yeah they like to they like to use the word NGO in the most loosest manner possible. Yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly what this yeah. stuff is. And yeah. it's called Lords of Poverty, and I'm yet to read it, but I remember I saw it and I said, holy crap, this is... And mm. I, I wonder if you've told me about it before. Someone's told me about it before, yeah. yeah. Matt, yeah. so you realised two weeks in that you were actually kind Pro of... Yeah, probably less. So we were going down to communities and, like, you know, we, it was fine. Like, we were in a leprosy, an, an old leprosy camp. No one had leprosy anymore. Um, but obviously they're a bit ostracised because, like... Yeah, they thought maybe they still did or whatever. We were in a small fishing fi fishing village, uh, and then we were quite heavily lent to palm kernel oil. Not palm oil, palm kernel oil. It's a <clears throat> it's a product that's produced from the kernel within the palm okay. fruit, um, and it's used domestically for soap and cooking and whatnot. Now, palm oil has a really bad reputation internationally, but you have taught me, and I've gone on Google and checked. Yeah. that uh, it's actually native to West Africa and mm -hmm. so isn't as damaging. Mm -hmm. But there is still a bit of a fight which some communities don't like that it drains. I think it's really hard on their water supply. Yeah, it's fair. And then yeah. it's also yeah. to do with land grabbing. So they do monocrop growth mm -hmm. with palm oil, which is bad for the land long term. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your growth strategy. I mean, yeah, the massive conglomerates coming in and setting up factory uh, is obviously not going to be the best for the environment, uh, for sure. However, what I would say, that I, that I do not condone. However, the alternative is clearing three or four football fields a day of rainforest in Indonesia. Yeah. Um, Fair. And the, the alternative other, locally the, is poverty. The alternative locally is poverty. This and is the alternative track. to wiping palm, the use of palm, 
is about a fourfold increase in land use. So your closest alternative to palm fruit would require about four times more land than currently is used. What is for that? For, for, I can't remember that. Right. I don't know why it's escaped me. That's, right. why, I, that's why I didn't reference it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it should come to me. Um, it's just palm is just such a high yield in okay. terms of it's it's uh, the oil coming from it. Yeah. Um, so you're yeah, doing a project you... now on palm oil? Yeah. Would I finish off the microfinancing? Yeah, no, keep back? going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much. Sorry, so the microfinancing, uh, yeah, Monday, it was normally worked Monday visited community, Tuesday um, visited community education, Wednesday was always collecting day, collecting the loans. Right. Um, that was like installments, collecting installments. Yeah. Thursday was sort of mostly <clears throat> finding new communities or whatever. And then Friday was always in the office sort of writing up stuff. And yeah, about two weeks in, I wasn't happy. Um, cut long story short, we, the guy I was working with in there, uh, Peter, um, I said to him, listen, I brought X amount of money down. How would you like to sort of manage that away from the organization? He was happy to, so we sort of set that up. So at the moment he, um, he, and I was sent, I've sent more money down at the time uh, since, uh, and he distributes that money and collects it in now as a separate from that organization. Right. And actually only about four weeks, five, six or seven weeks ago. The organization I went down to pulled their microfinancing out. So now we're the currently the only people in there operating that type of service. Right. Um, and another, my friend, Andrew, who actually joined the, I suppose like the, you call it like the team, we call it like the name fund is what we call it yeah. up here. Um, he joined like back in October and he ended up going down about eight weeks ago um, just to see things ticking along. Uh, and he brought down money so the funds even right. increase even more. Um, and we have about, possibly have three guys going down over the summer. And how we probably see that growing is we'd like, we're probably going to start approaching um, universities loosely, not universities, but more societies and getting students who are interested in volunteering. Um, can be finance, background, commerce, doesn't really matter, but something that you can bring value and that you're just going down for the sake of it. And yeah, just, okay. You know. Um, A lot of listeners here would be yeah, finance. Yeah, yeah. So if there's a plug, give it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh Get, yeah, get on to me. Uh, so, as I say, how we work it is that you, you go down, you live with the guy I was staying with, Joseph. Um, he's an absolute gent. Uh, he'll put you up. Food and board. Um, you have the weekends off, so you can go travelling. Ghana, you, you can probably go further if you really wanted to. Be a bit of a stretch on yeah. the weekend, though. And then during the week, you're lending you're to small businesses. Yeah, you're lending, yeah, so you'll join Peter, who goes out. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll see how it all works. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, this, if you're interested in going this summer, definitely get on, but um, we'll probably be looking to send people down like uh, Christmas next year. Um, the two weeks off colleges have around October um, for Easter. Right. So go on, and then again, the following summer. So if it's something you're interested in, yeah, definitely. How much does it cost them? Depends on how long you want to go down for. Uh, and also we would like to see you bringing down money like yeah, we did sure, yeah, to, yeah. Like, to bump up the fund. Yeah, okay. Um, so it'd be a matter of a couple of grand, I'd imagine. Yeah, like Andrew went down for two and a half and that was food, flights, uh, accommodation and a thousand or so into the fund. Yeah, okay. Nice. That's pretty cool. I know, fun. You're touching so many things here. You're touching, uh, obviously, palm oil, <laughs> which is kind of an agri thing. <laughs> But then you're touching microfinancing and now you're talking about social impact investing, mm. which is this whole new wave of investing that even some hedge funds are getting into as well, where mm. you invest not in just normal businesses, but businesses that have a inverted comma mission or who will give a certain amount of their revenues back into charity. Yeah. 
which is as cool an area as there is. And I looked for jobs in that when I was coming home oh, from yeah. Australia as well. I thought yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually getting actively into that now, which is really cool. Yeah, and you also have to look at it differently as well. I mean, these aren't Western SMEs operating in a, yeah. an economy that's, you know, it's intertwined, it's growing and whatnot. Like, therefore, the lending has to be different. The way you, the, the mechanisms of lending have to be different. Um, and that was probably what they were doing wrong in the other place. Whereas how we operate at the moment, we're doing 0% interest. But what we're looking at now is any follow-on loans. So people who, so for instance, every loan is standard fight is 100 euro. Right. That's, that's the loan size. If you have a compelling reason for more, put it in front of us and we'll consider it. But it's 100 euro. Which goes a long way down there. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you can live there for a week for on like a couple of euro. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like 100 euro is a lot. And for most parts, just buying more materials and not having to, um, I suppose, struggle to find the money to buy the raw materials to make your product to sell. Right. It's actually buying it because most of the time they might have to uh, get money on lending at a couple percent. And I'm oh, sorry, a couple percent down there is 20, 30, 40% for the month, right? Nuts. Yeah, nuts. So, I mean, they're coming out with nothing at the yeah. end of the day when they sell their product off. So we're saying, right, we're giving you now essentially a free batch of raw materials, if you understand what and I mean. And this gets you going. This gets you going, which, and also the, the end result of this is that you're making enough profit to buy then the raw materials next time. Exactly, outright. yeah, yeah. And what we're also saying is, if you're happy to take on more, if you want to take on more loans, we'll give you 200 euro if you're a credible creditor. Right. Just like anything else. Yeah, sure. But one thing to be like, uh, this is where the, the, the ultimate aim is this, is if you go into a community and you have a hundred people coming to you, you give, you pick out 50 people and you split that across 10 chunks. So you've 10, vet, 10 loaned out, they repay you, the next 10 get it, the next 10 get it. The yeah. next 10 get it. You ultimately want one or two of those companies to do well, who employ every single one in that community. Okay. Like that's the overall end game here. Right. Because there's some communities where you're going in and and we focus mostly on women, but 80%, 90% of the people we yeah. into are women. Um, mostly illiterate. Uh, <laughs> and genuinely, they're all saying the exact same thing. But they don't understand that, you know, pooling together might make more sense. Um, and that's that's just an ongoing that's just yeah, an education thing and it's 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 that's a slog like yeah why is it women because Grameen do that as well I think Grameen is more than they I think Grameen is exclusively women yeah. actually yeah. yeah yeah why is why is it because women are probably the most underutilized economic uh, actors in these countries it's <laughs> a good question never thought about it like it's that, that level that. I mean I mean yeah I mean like this night I go down there and there is mechanics there's <clears throat> laborers there's farmers there's taxi drivers and they're all male yeah so the women stay home so the women are running businesses within their community yeah sure so, uh, yeah I, I think they were getting screwed the most as well by the lenders I think that was in the banker to the poor book I yeah. remember there was a good reason that it was yeah. all women. You're kind of thinking, holy crap, that's just... Yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Like microfinancing really is brilliant. Mm. Um, and then I, that's, I guess that's similar to what Patrick Lynch is doing down in the Philippines with uh, First Circle. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a degree of separation there, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's way more focused on um, um, SMEs in, in probably our context. So ah, right, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so, so larger big companies. step. Okay, right. It would be, yeah, yeah, it'd be, 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 be a lot yeah. bigger. You're talking like tens of thousands probably. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's 
both of those things are awesome though yeah the people are getting involved in them yeah um he's probably like we always look at we just interview the individual and we just say you know it's a good feeling do we yeah, think you're gonna sure, pay okay. back? i mean ultimately patrick wants to go off data yeah and like africa asia that thing that's sparse down there yeah good data anyway so what's what's the African business landscape like then for an Irish graduate looking to get involved in that? Because we've heard in the last episode actually about China. Mm. So what's Africa like? In terms of ease of doing business or... Is there room for grads to go down there? Like a lot of grads now are learning Chinese and mm -hmm. going off and doing mm -hmm. a stint in Shanghai or uh, wherever and, and trying to get into that world and into that market. Is mm. there room for that? Is Africa there yet for us? It's really a case of like what 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 you're not what you not what you want out of it but like china i suppose you know if i was to look at starting here starting in china the roles would be quite similar and they probably would pay relatively equal yeah in terms of you know the standard living and whatnot sure you go down to africa i, I can't speak but i would think there would be a, a difference there right okay um, and the jobs I'm, I'm just trying to think like in terms of like accountancy and stuff of course all the major cities like in Kenya yeah. Nigeria it's like obviously South Africa is pretty much Western I'm guessing you'd be getting more entrepreneurial people looking at this rather than accountants wanting to work for EY yeah, in, in yeah. Ghana they'd be thinking like is there an entrepreneurial <laughs> an entrepreneurial profiteer who's in college yeah can he or she go down and get some profit out of Africa mm. or is it still more in the kind of want of a better term charity phase from what you've seen oh absolutely not no i mean like it, it, it be under no illusion it's not easy to do business in africa right. the way i look at it is like maybe i'm a bit cynical here but all the hush hush stuff is done a lot more secrecy in the west it's okay. not necessarily as open to the public yeah. right but Brown envelopes are open to the public down there. Like right. it's just how you do business. Like Peter would often text me. Peter's yeah, Peter yeah. Yeah. He'd often text me, be like, yeah. So um, because we help the businesses if they if they need help and trying to get something done, we will try help them. He's like, so we can do it in eight weeks, or we can pay them X and get it done in ten days. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I'll wait the eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but sorry, don't have that. Don't have the dessert. There's lots of opportunities. And I suppose looking at the, I know we talked about like quite technical heavy projects there earlier with Delve and stuff. There's so much opportunity just to work with local people, just setting up, as I say, like palm oil, a palm oil processing yeah. facility or do the thing I mentioned, I think last time was, was cashew nuts. Mm. We're setting up a cashew nut processing facility. Um, clothing, anything, like anything, there is the opportunity there. Yeah. But you have to go down there. You're not going to do it from sitting in. Yeah, sitting sure. In yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. And um, it's not as it's not really dangerous down there at all. No. I guess in the right countries. I guess. In the right countries, yeah, there, yeah. Are, there are definitely countries that for you sure would yeah. not. It's, one, not go to travel, but two, do not bother going for business because yeah. that's just you know you yeah. we will get shafted. Like, yeah, yeah, shafted for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you'll leave there without your shoes. God, crazy world. Where will it be in 10 years, do you think, from what you've seen? <laughs> I probably have a lot of hope, and from what I saw, actually Cape Coast, where I was, is a really, really, really rich educational centre for Africa. Right. Um, lots of universities, like a lot. Yeah. And I suppose 
the people the, 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 the young college students down there definitely have and even like the young school guards have a different mentality to um, the older generation I think that's just because they've been educated yeah. it's definitely helped anyway I don't think that they're going to accept the corruption that has plagued obviously right. the, the country for so long and I think there's, an, there's a there's a lot of people doing, down there trying to do good things yeah. Um, indigenously, not West people, not white people going in trying to dictate how they sure. should run their country. It has to come from within. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. I mean, it, at some point it will be huge. Mm. It will be, you know, it will be the m- m- instead of made in China, it's going to be made in Africa. Yeah. In my opinion, whether that's clothes, products, food, food oh, stuff, amazing, everything, I think, isn't it? But um, yeah. I mean, like anything, it's just when do you want to go down risk wise? Yeah. Know, you yeah. go down, you miss it. Yeah, or you can go down and you hit the jackpot. Yeah. Um, but again, my, my thing is don't go down there with the white man attitude yeah. of the 70s and 80s where you're just going to go down and set up a facility and just fleece them all. Yeah. Go down there and work with them and it'd be, it'd be better, obviously, <laughs> better for better for you in the long run. Uh, yeah, more sustainable uh, project for you and more sustainable for them yeah, as well. For sure. Nice. Okay, I think we need to wrap it up. We're going to do some quick fire questions for you. Oh, right, okay. Okay, yeah. uh, which I haven't warned you about at all. I like not warning people oh. to see that. Uh, book to recommend for grads or students or anyone young? Um, It's probably a bit, it's not cliche, but I really like Sapiens. Yeah, that mm. is definitely cliche. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it was interesting because I read it on my way or when I was in Africa it was like right, quite big okay, yeah, and um, yeah there was a lot of things just it was actually it was, it was a combination I read Sapiens and The World After Capital right have you ever read that book no 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 I haven't even heard of The World, World yeah, After Capital World After Capital you can actually it's a PDF right um, you can actually download it online it's a free book and it, it just shut chain um, it just sort of goes through the migration from um, sort of land, food to money, and right. now eventually to attention, and that's going to be the sort of the, the scarce the scarce product is attention. Yeah, interesting. And I sort of read the two of them in tandem. Mad. Um, Sapiens and that. So, yeah. and it was yeah, it was a super interesting combination to read where we've come, where we are ish, modern history, and where obviously he thinks we're going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think reading the two of them together sort of it gives you a nice perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, film to recommend not for the crack any educational ones you've seen I thought like Blood Diamond or something would have come up no <laughs> maybe not no I don't know okay skip it skip best thing you've done since college yeah go down there mm-hmm. go, go down to Africa yeah, yeah definitely best thing you did in college probably easy delve yeah yeah delve yeah um, best advice you've been given Just do it. Ooh, something you wish you did since college. Since college. Or in college. Uh, maybe just, uh, yeah, don't, don't. I, I sort of got caught up in, at one stage in college, because I knew going in that I was like, I liked the whole entrepreneurial thing. Um, and I knew that was probably with a career path for me, but I got a bit caught up in second year of in the whole investment banking sort of right, okay, uh, rat race, whatever you want to call it. Um, what a lot of crap. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, who would work in that? 
<laughs> Macquarie as well. Yeah, I tell you uh, what. Um, yeah, I, w- I wish I didn't get involved in that. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean the uh, banking, no, no, but just messing. like I'm everyone messing. saying, this is exactly what I want to do. And yeah, they literally sure. don't even know what it fucking yeah, is sure. like. For sure. Um, Couldn't agree more. There's two more. There's at least one more. The, the one I want to finish on is Quote to Live By, so I'll give you that to start thinking about now. Okay, let's just finish on that. Oh, to live by. Actually, I have the second one. Someone yeah. or something to Google. Well, most of them are finance. I'd read the world after capital. Right, okay. Google that. First thing is going to come up is a sorry, world after capital PDF. Yeah, Bring I'm going to throw um, like Banker to the Poor in there as well. Yeah, it's only 127 pages, something like that. So a quick read. Yeah, nice. Um, and Banker to the Poor is about Muhammad Yunus, the founder of Grameen Bank, but I can't remember who wrote it, but it's incredible. Uh, he And he's incredible. Yeah. He, his, his attitude to everything mm. is like... Nobel Peace Prize as well. Yeah, I mean, that man, Yeah, if you if we ever think of someone who's just nailed it. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's really, really he's, amazing. He nailed an industry, yeah. created and nailed it at the same time. Uh, quote to live by, that's a really tough one. Um... I don't know. DIA? Honestly, just whatever you do. And I don't like, it could be going into like, I know we were talking there, like banking, whatever you do, just like try make some sort of positive dif- difference. Hmm. And don't waste all of the kind of opportunity and resource we have. Yeah. I mean, like, we're so privileged. No, just go down not. there. Like it is crazy. Yeah. And if you ever have a worry, just check yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. Steve, thank you Brilliant. very much. Thanks very up. much. Yeah. Cheers.